Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and in no way represent the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society, or the Oklahoma State Historic Preservation Office. Welcome to the Museums of an ADD Mind podcast. This is your host, Jack, and I have the ADD Mind. Joining me today in what is slightly different from all of the um, other episodes I've done is my daughter, Misty, and she is going to talk to us about hair, what to look for in a salon or a barbershop. Should you use two-in-one shampoo and conditioner or keep them separate? These are going to be answered today. Misty is an instructor in, I guess, cosmetology. I don't know, cutting hair and all of that stuff. She knows what she's talking about. So, Misty, why don't you go ahead and say hi? Hi, thanks for having me back on. Um, Yeah, I've been instructing for a few years, but been doing hair for about 10. And I'm licensed for both barber and cosmetology and instructor for both. Awesome. Yeah, she's put in a lot of hard work. The only person I trust to cut my hair, which is saying a lot, because I grounded her a lot as a kid, and she could easily give me a mullet, and she oh has <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, fortunately, my uh, hair's short enough that I think it takes several haircuts for you to do that. <laughs> anyway, um, I have some questions for Misty. We thought it'd be sort of an informational type thing today. And let's start with the argument between your mother and I. <laughs> Is it okay to use two-in-one shampoo and conditioner? Um, I think it depends on the person. Is it okay? Sure. It depends on your goals, but I prefer two separate things just because of like the nature of what shampoo and conditioner do. Mm-hmm. So shampoo removes oils, so and then conditioner kind of replaces those a little bit. But so it's like they, to me anyway, it feels counterintuitive. Like it can't fully clean or it can't fully condition. That's my opinion. Uh-huh. So I was correct as usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but, just. I don't. mean, if, if you just need something simple and it doesn't have any negative impact on you, then that's fine. I Everyone's just have different. my shower routine down to a certain time limit, and I don't have time for conditioner separate. <laughs> I want to sleep another five minutes. So that's pretty common <laughs> for guys too. A lot of like, I feel like it's mostly guys that use two in ones or thirteen right. in ones. It changes your oil for you too. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are guys that would use shampoo, conditioner, body wash facial scrub all in one type products so that's uh, just a guy thing so <laughs> simple <laughs> anyway, keep it simple that's right so i have a couple questions here and i guess i'll start with this one here so is there a difference between store-bought box dye 
and Salon die. And does one last longer than the other? Sort of explain the differences and why you should get your hair dyed at a salon. Yeah, so like I don't have any judgment for anyone that wants to use a box at home. Um, there are a few differences. You can't really determine which, like what strength of developer. So you could use, you could be using something stronger than intended on your hair, stronger than necessary, uh, which, which could be damaging. Box color is fine if you do like just your roots every time and you don't change the color at all. Um, But it's when you want to start changing your hair color that you really need that professional um, knowledge and guidance. So I, I mean, as a stylist, I'm going to definitely recommend people go to the salon, Um, but you know, just like the shampoo, like everything, every person has their own budget and goal for their hair. So Mm -hmm. I know that not everyone's going to be able to get into a salon, but there are for sure like upsides to going to a salon. You have that professional um, experience and knowledge at your stylist fingertips and they can give you a really custom custom color uh, made just for you and your hair type and your, your skin color and your, you know, just like something that suits your undertones and that kind of thing. All right. That I guess and better sort of, quality ingredients also. In well, yeah, products. that sort of leads into my next question: of Are the steps different to dye someone's hair based on the natural color of their hair? You know, is it a slightly different process for someone with black hair versus someone with blonde hair, and they want to go red? Yeah. So, um, if I kind of okay, I think. I I tell my students a lot compare like coloring red on white paper versus coloring red on brown paper you're going to get like a different red so there's not just like a one size fits all color I can't just pick a color and Mm -hmm. use it on everyone's hair and it look the same Mm -hmm. so there are different steps to get you there if you're going from darker you have to have a color that's able to lift natural color Okay. Um, if you are starting from a lighter color, then you need something with deposit. So lift being lighter and deposit being darker. Okay. But more so than the color of the hair, it depends on the texture of the hair. Because the color, well, I mean, the color is not unimportant, but I'm going to do maybe a different, you know, different product for finer hair compared to more coarse hair also. So there's a lot of different variables that go into it. Okay. That makes sense, and that would explain also why doing it in the salon is better than store-bought, because that's just like a you know uniform across-the-road dye versus salon. Each person gets a slightly custom color. Yeah, for sure. There's a, there's, I, <laughs> my students always say when they first start, oh, there's a lot more to this than I realized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Um, Let me see here. Well, before we go any further with other questions, how long is the sort of typical barber slash cosmetology school? And then how long was instructor school? And is there a difference between, say, going to... Uh, school like a Votech versus, you know, like a 
well, like the school you went to, I don't want to name names, <laughs> but you know, yeah. what I mean, like a more so, high end sort of school, what would the differences be? Yeah. So there are diff- all different levels. Um, I'm not going to, I am not a fan of like trash talking any salons or schools because mm-hmm. there's just something for everybody, Right. but there are a big, there are a lot of differences for sure. Um, the licensure and the hours depend on your state that you live in, or even the country. Um, in a lot of European countries, you don't take hours. You have to take an apprenticeship, which lasts two or three years, mm. uh, before you can take clients. Um, kind of like how like plumbing and stuff is here. We do apprenticeship before you, right. um, before you're licensed, but, and there is an option for that too in the United States, but for the most part, you're going to school for a set amount of hours. Uh, works a little differently than college credit hours. Okay. Um, so my schooling was 1500 hours in my state and um, the instructor hours just depend um, on whether you are coming straight out of a salon that you've been at for a while. You have fewer hours to take if you've been at a salon for a while. Um, and then you have a few more hours to take if you, for example, are coming straight out of school and going yeah. into an instructor program. So, so you have to get matters. your full, yeah, your full licensure first, which is the 1500 hours um, for either for our state anyway. And then there's more hours, less without experience. I'm sorry, less with more experience, more hours for less experience. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sort of filling this in on that. And if someone is, since we're on the subject of school, if someone is interested in going to school, what type of things should they look for in a school? Oh, yeah. So you were talking about different types of school. Also, mm-hmm. um, there are VOTEC programs that I believe any age can take, but they are accessible while you're still in high school. So if mm-hmm. it's your goal to maybe have fewer hours when you leave high school, or sometimes you're even able to complete that program before high school, and then you can go straight into doing hair. That's mm-hmm. an option. Um, I actually was going to do the VOTEC route, but my program filled in so fast that that I was not able to, to get into that. And it worked out because I'm really happy with the school that I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that I would have the same career experience that I've had mm-hmm. um, if I did the VOTEC, but it's totally an option for people. Um, and it's usually free also if you're going from high school. Right. Um, and then there are beauty colleges, which tend to have multiple different licenses. So there's one nearby us that has, they do massage and facials and hair and nails. They do all kinds of things because they license for all types of different uh, services. Mm-hmm. Or not services, but licenses. Okay. Um, whereas the school that I work, we focus primarily on hair, hair cutting and hair color and styling. So it depends on your goals. Um, I went to a cosmetology. I work at a barber school now, but I went to a cosmetology school where even though there are, like, I, I would have the opportunity to do nails and things. We didn't focus on that at my school. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't. I didn't have a desire to go do nails, but I also wouldn't know what I was doing if I did try to go do nails, even though I'm technically licensed to. <laughs> oh. 
Right. So okay. <laughs> I would just say like self-awareness is a big part of choosing where you want to go to school and then tour as many places as you can. So you can f- see if the vibes fit your, like, you know, if, if they fit your personality, you feel like you're going to get along with people there. Um, our school is a smaller school, so we have more one-on-one instruction. Um, mm-hmm. There are bigger schools if you like that. So I think just knowing yourself and then knowing your goals and talking to a lot of places to see what's going to be the right fit for you. Okay. Thank you very much for answering that. Okay. Uh, Moving on is, I mean, I know there is, but I'm going to ask anyway, (laughs) is there a difference between say a chain haircutting place like Supercuts or knockouts versus a salon? Yeah. So um, as far as, sorry, are you saying from the client's perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of chain places, they are, they have kind of their own way of cutting hair mm-hmm. that you're trained into whenever you start there. Um, so it, no matter what kind of school you went to, they train you again there. <clears throat> so a lot of the a lot of the staff is going to be able to do all the same thing. There is not going to be as much versatility in services and they're usually best for, um, I wouldn't, I like, I probably wouldn't go for like a color correction just because they do kind of more, I'm not going to call it like fast food, but it's more like shorter services in less time, if that makes sense mm-hmm. or smaller services in less time. So like, Taco Bell is awesome, but it's not as good quality. Or I'm not gonna get like, you know, I'm not. I'm just not gonna get a steak at Taco Bell if that makes sense. So it depends on what your goals are for your hair. If you just need a trim, you know, just like a little bit off your ends. I have seen. I have seen even a trim. Um, well, I'll I'll word it this way. I've corrected just a trim also. So. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's more of a mixed bag um, because they have kind of higher turnover. You're never like sure who you're going to get, and you don't know how long your person's going to stay there if you do find someone that you love. Whereas salons typically they um, they're usually like-minded individuals who all like working toward the same or like on the same services. Mm-hmm. So one salon might be really good for like barbering, straight razor shaves, fades and stuff like that. But then another salon might be best for, you know, balayage and extensions and that kind of thing. So it depends on what you want. If you, if you, um, if one fits your budget better and you don't have like big goals for your hair, then I think a chain place would be fine. And they have even nicer chain salons now too. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what you want. There's a place for everybody. All right. Well, thank you. And then that leads to my next question. What should you look for in a stylist? All right. So kind of like I said with the, you know, how every salon is a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, You could, you could look into a salon social media and see what kind of work they typically do. Or because of social media, I feel like everything's so individual now that, uh, whereas people used to look, you know, like this salon used to be like a household name. It's right. now like the individual and you find someone that fits your personality and things like that. Like someone that you'll get along with and understands you. 
and any of their work. So I would just say either way, you could look for a salon or a stylist on social media um, and look through their work. If their work is comparable to what you want for your hair, then I would say make an appointment. Um, a lot of them have online booking available. If, let's see. Well, here's my ADD. <laughs> I blanked out a little bit. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> it's what we do here in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so. Um, oh, I, I do remember. Oh, I was okay. going to say that if you have a friend or somebody, friend or family that you love their hair, you love how it looks, and um, they seem to be happy with it, and they go to the same person and ask them who they went to. Well, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. <laughs> and I know the answer to this because you told me Friday, but until Friday, I did not know this. So I'm going to ask you for the benefit of our listeners. Can you recycle hair after it's been cut? And if so, what is it used for? Yeah, so there are a lot of different things in a salon that can be recycled including like aluminum foil, which is, which can be recycled like a million times over. Mm -hmm. Uh, but hair can be recycled as well. Um, as, uh, it's used, I think it has many uses, but one of the biggest uses that I'm aware of is cleaning up like oil spills because hair is lipophilic, which means it's attracted to oil. So oil, or I guess a uh, oil is attracted to it. Mm -hmm. So it, soaks up the oil which is really interesting that is so do but they like like they spread it on mats. the top of oh, go yeah ahead. i think they create i think they create like mats like spongy like big sponges basically out of it form them into mats that's cool yeah and i yeah. guess they can i guess i don't know nets or whatever stick it on top of water with an oil spill and absorb it that's really cool and probably beaches and i would imagine maybe it would help with cleanup of animals too yeah um i know i don't know if it's like commercially recycled this way but i know that hair also is beneficial if you were to like do it for yourself i'm not sure but um let's say you shaved your head and then you wanted to reuse the hair you could put it in your garden because it's nitrogen rich and the hair like or i mean soil likes that kind of stuff oh wow i didn't know that yeah that's yeah <laughs> fascinating and oddly organic <laughs> yeah it's it's strange it's fun to me how um it's not really related but soil is really it really likes like decay and like dead right. stuff so yeah. it likes like hair and bone and and blood and stuff like that yeah, I put all uh, kinds of fertilizers make it made of blood and bone. Coffee and tea grounds in my mulch. Yeah, that's a lot of nitrogen, also. Mm -hmm. And it keeps it out of the landfill. Helps. I'm glad more salons are. Life. Yes, I'm glad more salons are starting to recycle because salons are one of the like biggest industries with the most waste. I'm not going to say the top one. It's definitely not at the top, but it's right. one of the bigger ones for sure. Um, and there's all kinds of programs that can help if you're a salon owner or if you're a, just a concerned consumer, you know, and you would like your salons nearby to 
be more responsible in that kind of way. There's all kinds of programs that a salon can get involved in because there are so many things in a salon that can be recycled. Product mm-hmm. packaging, foil, hair, paper, um, and now PPE can be properly mm-hmm. recycled, which I feel like salons are using a lot of that nowadays. Well, yeah, that would uh, make sense. Properly disposing of it is nice. Yes, <laughs> I definitely want to <laughs> properly dispose of that. I just, I don't know, it's really cool that you can do that with hair. And until Friday, I had, I had no idea. Uh, I went to get my haircut from Misty, and she was just explaining everything. And I was like, wait, you can recycle hair? <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great use for it. And just, I mean... All the hair in this country, imagine the uh, like oil observing sponges, absor- uh, absorbing yeah. sponges that could be made just in the US if a quarter of salons recycled hair. Well, if anyone wants to do the math, um, hair grows about a quarter inch, or I'm sorry, uh, an, a half inch a month. Sometimes less, sometimes more. It just depends on the person. But someone can do the math. (laughs) Tell me how much hair we could be recycling. (laughs) That's that's not going to be me. I'm just going to go with some large math number. A giant, yeah. (laughs) But I could see where it could have really, really cool uses. And it's something that it like takes no, takes no effort. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's getting cut anyway. You might as well use it for something useful yeah that's just i don't know i find that cool (laughs) (laughs) that is cool i guess they could uh launch it to mars so they could make martian soil fertile um you know maybe because that's not going to be expensive to launch a bunch of hair to another planet (laughs) that'd be a really funny headline right (laughs) elon (laughs) Are you listening? <laughs> anyway. Um, First astronaut with a hair splinter. That's right. I mean, if you think about it, if you are going to colonize another planet, you probably will need somebody who knows how to cut hair eventually. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know. Hair, <laughs> that's... Uh, that's why I'm a fan of like trades, taking on a trade and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Not that degrees aren't bad, but people are always going to need their haircut. Mm-hmm. Plumbers, electricians. Yeah, and the tr- exactly. The trends are always changing. And then, you know, even someone's hair is changing. So they might not have gray. And then they start getting more gray. And then they end up even more gray. And so your hair has different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, or it gets finer or thicker or gets finer over time. Your hair loss. It's, I don't know. There's always, we have, there's a huge need for stylists. Yeah. Um, on the subject of hair change, we were talking Friday. Um, when the pandemic started, I just didn't get my hair cut. And then I was growing up long to donate it. And then it got long enough, I cut it. But since then, my hair, the longer it gets, sort of the curlier it gets. But when it's short, it's not curly at all. But since I grew my hair out, that's changed. And now it's starting to get a little curlier, uh, closer to the head. It's really weird. And it also takes longer to dry. Mm -hmm. I have no idea why. 
maybe it's because I am getting grayer. I don't know, but I think that might contribute because usually gray hair is kind of more wiry and tends to be mm-hmm. not always curly, but it's more like coarse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my so it totally could be. But anything that can change hormones and like just age changes hormones too. Mm-hmm. Anything that can change hormones, your medicine or whatever. Anything that changes hormones can change your hair. That would make sense. I mean, your hair is basically dead cells. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And you reminded me, I'm going to go on that ADD tangent here. (laughs) (laughs) So, one thing in fiction that they never show in sci-fi anything is like the common things that people have to deal with, like getting a haircut. So, if you're colonizing Mars... And it's something that takes place over like three years. The person's hair is always the same. But if it's four, you know, four astronauts, one of them would have had to have known something about cutting hair and brought clippers and whatnot. And that's just something that never get mentioned, which (laughs) going off, one of the things I always wanted to see on The Walking Dead was a cast member that wore glasses. And as happens when you wear glasses, his vision is getting worse. So as he's killing zombies, he's always looking for zombies that wore glasses and trying them on to find one <laughs> that that like helped his vision get better. Has his prescription changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I oh always thought it'd be funny to have it like, you know, some type of glasses that like a 85 year old woman would wear (laughs) and that guy's you know that's what he has to wear now (laughs) for a little bit that's funny but um i mean in that situation that would happen it makes me wonder though about your space comments if if being in space uh affects the rate of hair growth at all i don't know because i guess your nails would be the same. Mm-hmm. I wonder if nails grow faster or slower. I don't know. They probably use like, well, they probably use like, there's, do you remember the Flovey? It was before my yeah. time, but I, I hear about it all the time. They George probably Clooney have still time. uses one. Um, Someone told me that the other day. A client told me that the other day, which is so funny. And even the client mentioned something that we teach our students, which is really great. But he was like, you know, George Clooney's probably got to have the, the perfect head shape because if I did that, <laughs> if I did that, it would not look like his haircut. <laughs> right. And I was like, you're you're right on with that because we always compare like, you know, we don't teach we teach like techniques about haircuts because mm-hmm. if you put the same haircut on everybody, then it's gonna look different. Just like if someone if you pass the same hat around the class or pass the same hat around to everybody and everyone tried it on, the hat would look different on everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we focus on um, is like head shape and stuff. Yes. I, I know that because you apply that to my beard when you trim my beard. I, I get the full service haircut from Misty. She starts at the top of the head, works her way down to the beard. I guess that's because I guess the benefit of being the dad of your stylist. <laughs> But my beard always looks good. Well, except the last two years, because 
and masks. <laughs> the, yeah, the pandemic and wearing masks is sort of you get a weird intention in your anyway. That's a only slight related, I guess. Yeah, that would be funny on Mars if they're using a floaty to cut their hair and everybody looks <laughs> odd. Yeah, they need to add that science fiction. So uh, just like mundane, mundane science fiction. Right. <laughs> the every, you know, the everyday stuff. Poor guy that <laughs> has to clean toilets or something. I don't know. Anyway, if you're an astronaut or an astronaut and you're listening to this podcast, go to Musings of an ADD Mind podcast Facebook page and let us know how you cut hair on the International Space Station. We would appreciate it. So anyway, <laughs> that was uh, an odd tangent. It always goes back to space. Right? Well, <laughs> you know, we are made of star stuff. Yes. We're in space too, you know. That's right. We're just on a big ball floating around. The sun, which is floating around a black hole. Fun times. Worrying about haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> So I've always wondered this. What is the process when um, someone has dreads that sort of goes from uh, just sort of, you know, loose individual stands to the dreadlock? How does that happen? What process does that take? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways to do that. Um, True locks are locked together. And Mm -hmm. so it's in the name a little bit. Um, It's interlocking those curls and you're twisting it a certain way properly done locks really healthy locks can be actually removed but whenever Mm -hmm. they're done more of the like matted type of way where you're just like squashing the hair together and Mm -hmm. tangling it more than anything you're not locking it that typically has to be cut out okay but but you start out by just twisting it into shape with products like clean sectioning and they have to be redone regularly like the the roots need to be retwisted Okay. But it's a really, it's probably one of the oldest hairstyles probably in the world. Right. That, that would make sense. If you uh, look at uh, stone carvings and statues from ancient Samaria, a lot of times the carving looks like it would be curly hair, but perhaps it was dreadlocks more so than curls. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would make sense. You know, especially since you know, you were probably using a knife to cut hair. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, sharpened stone and stuff. But, um, yeah, true, like true locks, per, like well done locks that are not matted. Um, like I said, they can be removed. So they're used as a protective style. But there's a big, a big debate on locks in general. I think that most people are getting away from the, the word dreads because mm-hmm. there's kind of a a uh, I guess stigma um, mm-hmm. or just it's just not a nice word because it implies like well I guess at some point it was considered like dreadful locks so dreads oh. are like dreadful and that's how mm-hmm. they like the, the more matted locks get kind of like a dirty reputa- reputation like oh do right. they stink like how do you clean them but uh, locks can be washed they can be removed they um but it's a protective style cool 
Yeah. I know that um, Celts in Europe, uh, locks was a typical hairstyle that was used. Um, there's a lot of repre- uh, representation of people that would be locks. Um, obviously, that was pre-AD, but considerably after ancient Sumeria. So, yeah, that's clearly an old style. Yes. I wonder, I wonder if Neanderthals had uh, locks. I was reading something about haircuts, but I don't remember what it said, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> um, anyway. Was, but uh... it, all hair will mat if you don't do anything to it, though. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there was lots of matting happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm curious what early what our early ancestors did for hair care. Yeah, and unfortunately, they didn't have Polaroids, so we'll never know. Other <laughs> than, you know, stove carvings and... Finding combs and stuff that have been... Yeah, so... Preserved. Yeah, preserved. It's an interesting thought. So, anyway, another tangent um, <laughs> that we've gone on. But, you know, hey. That's, yeah. That's what we, what we Probably do. Probably some form of braiding kept uh yeah i would i would assume that like most ancient cultures used some form of braid right that would make sense yeah because that kind of protects it as well and keeps it manageable and there's all different styles and actually i do know and i don't remember where but um in some cultures the different types of braids would differentiate your class Mm -hmm. that would make sense from others yeah and then there's also, that was also true for hair color. So blonde was like reserved for, and that might be why, why we have a preference for, I feel not we, but like, I don't know, there's statistics on this, but there's like a pretty heavy preference for blonde. Uh-huh. Um, and long, long, long time ago, blonde was reserved for like, it was more expensive and it was reserved for like the wealthier class and brown for like the lower class and red was like somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. yeah red hair has always kind of had i'm not sure how to phrase it obviously you know scotland ireland have the highest amount of redheads but if i'm not mistaken uh, they believe that red actually is a trait from neanderthals because most Europeans do have some Neanderthal DNA, and they believe that red might have come from that. I haven't heard that. of genes. I haven't yeah. heard that, but it would make sense that... Well, I've heard... So now I've heard that, um, but I have also heard that it was a mutation, and both, both of those hypotheses could be... I mean, they either could be true because we know that like their redhead population is declining. Mm-hmm. Just kind of that gene is getting like kind of worked out, which is mm-hmm. interesting. But blue eyes also. Right. It was probably both, honestly. I'm yeah, a, probably. I tend to think that if more than one thing can happen to lead to something, it probably did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's probably both. Um, the beginning happened. of everything was probably not just one thing, you know? Right. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole host of things. Yeah. So um, one last sort of thing, obviously people use product in their hair 
how what should a person look for other than buying tons of crap to find a product that works best for their type of hair because even it can be labeled you know for coarse hair or whatever how do you determine which is the product maybe you should try first and is high dollar product always better than low dollar product yeah, so I am totally not jealous of the consumer who has to figure this out on their own. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm in the industry because I get a little edge on that. But I would say, I can't, oh my gosh, I just can't imagine like going in without knowing anything and not knowing where to start. There's so many options, mm-hmm. um, just an endless amount of options. I mean, the beauty, beauty industry is one of the, one of the leading industries in the world that like, gets Mm-hmm. it's so big and ever-changing and just ever-growing but knowing that there are so many options and knowing that you know most people don't know where to start um you can research a lot of things but i feel like a lot of articles are you know they're going to benefit the writer's going to benefit in some way by recommending a certain product because of sponsorships mm-hmm. or right. advertisement whatever um i would say Honestly, asking a stylist, um, because just like with hair color, there it's their it's their job. It's uh, to recommend you things. It's not just trying to sell product. It's knowing the hair types and what the different moisture weight of the product is and how much hold each thing has. Depends for sure on what styling goals you need, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that go into it. Like you said, finer cores. Um, curly or straight there's uh, you know some things work better on longer hair or shorter hair some things better for smoothing or more volume so many so many things Um, but I would say reach out to a professional because they're going to give you of course they're going to lean toward the product that they carry Mm -hmm. Um, not, not just for sales but also we get training in our product lines also mm-hmm. we get education in that so we know what to use but knowing one product line you kind of i'm not going to say you know all of them but let's say like so if your hair is dry you need some moisture if your mm-hmm. hair is dry and on the fine side you need moisture with a lower weight okay something that's not heavy if you have dry hair that's coarse then maybe you need moisture with a higher weight so lots of different things a lot of it's trial and error though unfortunately and then typically people who have to do more trial and error are going to be like your blondes and curly hair because you you just need more product to begin with and everyone's blonde and curly are different (laughs) right right i mean chemical blonde by the way not like okay okay um i use suave maximal hold hairspray for my calic because i don't care (laughs) 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 other than i don't want that hair back there standing straight out and that works the best <laughs> yeah yeah so just like when you're we talking about box color versus salon color earlier like your goals your budget all that's gonna play in mind if you find something that works for you then that's fine yep. um your stylist is always gonna have <laughs> always gonna have options and recommendations for you if you decide mm-hmm. that you want to change um, or if it's not working anymore, because like we were saying, sometimes hair changes as you get older, or mm-hmm. just life changes, your hair changes too. Mm-hmm. And Suave is not a sponsor of this podcast, but if you <laughs> would like to be, 
please go to my Facebook page using 7880 <laughs> Mind and send me a message. I would be tickled for you to sponsor me. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not joking though. <laughs> so I know that um, this episode has been kind of different from my normal episodes that I have, but I, I don't know. I felt it was sort of a, a, a topic that everybody uses. We all get our hair cut. You know, we all typically, well, not all, but most people use product and a large portion of uh, females get their hair dyed and all of that. So I thought, yeah, let's go off the beaten path and discuss uh, what to look for in hair. So, yep, I agree. Like everyone, everyone has hair. And if they don't, well, they're lucky because they're spending way less on product than I do. <laughs> right. Right. But uh, I hope it was helpful. Yeah. I, I think it will be. Um, Misty has some of the thickest hair I've ever seen. <laughs> she also has donated hair for wigs for cancer patients. And they probably got like five wigs out of her hair. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Because <laughs> like if the normal amount of hair per square inch is say 500 strands of hair, Misty has like 3,000. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, now I feel like I don't have as thick of hair as I used to feel like because I've had my hands in so many people's hair and I'm just like there's so many people that have more hair than me. But <laughs> but then like I think compared to just the average, yeah, I forget how much hair I have. Yeah. Misty's <laughs> hair is super That's thick. That's a lot. Yeah. And I always there is hair so thick though that when you section it you can hardly see the scalp and that just blows my mind. Like, oh, wow. Talk about taking a long time to blow dry. I had one right. client um, and all we would do was like a wash and style every week because it was too much for her to do on her own. And oh, wow. I would wash, blow dry, um, flat iron her roots because she was curly, flat iron her roots and curl her ends. And it would take me, the first time I did her hair, it took me like three and a half hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> and wow. then by the end of, by the end of whenever, because she ended up she ended up doing like more low maintenance she's like i can't keep up with doing this every mm -hmm. week and i wasn't even charged i would i needed to charge her more honestly mm -hmm. um but she oh i ended up being able to do it in like an hour 45 wow yeah that's Which crazy a long time most blowouts are like 30 minutes <laughs> to an hour wow. yeah that is crazy 30 to 45 like yeah I've always felt I was screwed because I have oily hair and dry scalp. Yeah, you that's know, a hard combo. You would think that the oiliness of the hair would lubricate the scalp, right? They touch, but it in fact does not. So with that, that, there's a difference between oil and moisture. So maybe you need something with a little bit more moisture in it. And then because of how... because your scalp is just more skin if you mm. like if you think of like skincare if you use something really strong in your face it will make more oil like it'll make your oil glands overreact mm -hmm. so you might be using something too cleansing hmm. potentially but everyone's hair is different too so right. some people's just just is that way and it gets oily um some people do <laughs> like what they call like hair training or 
Um, I'm not a fan of the no poo method, which is no shampoo. I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of that because, like, I think you need to clean your hair, your mm-hmm. head, because you need to clean your skin. <laughs> right. Healthy hair starts with healthy skin, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> some people will go just like a little bit longer between shampoos, and mm-hmm. then it makes their oil glands not like react so fast or overreact. Hmm. Yeah. I wash my hair every day, so. Yeah. Or there's things like dry shampoos and stuff. Right. Yeah, your mom has wow. used some uh, dry shampoo in the past. It's she a fun technology. Yep. Yep. It's not like a total stand-in for cleaning your hair, but <laughs> <laughs> right. It gets you right. to the next. It gets you to the next shampoo. Right. So, well, I is there anything else you want to tell us that's related to this? Um, you would kind of know questions or whatever that need to be asked or other information more than I would. So is there anything um, else you want to want to talk being about? Being a teacher, being a teacher for this, I could talk about hair for probably four days straight right, without right. stopping without stopping. But I would say if you have any particular like not just you, but the listener has any specific questions about your hair or you have color or haircut goal in mind i would suggest booking a consultation with a stylist in your area you know seek them out on like social media make sure the pictures look good and everything they've got good reviews and that it's in your price range before you go but most people have free consultations so you can ask questions and find someone that suits your budget and your goals that's great advice (laughs) That's, I mean, that all makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Yeah, just about everyone in the industry does free consultations. So, okay. Well, I, I appreciate you taking time out of a Sunday and also knowing that you have a cold and aren't feeling your best. <laughs> so, I, I appreciate you coming on. I hope everybody has learned a little bit on this slightly different episode of Musings of an ADD Mind. But yeah, thanks for having me on. No, you're welcome. I I appreciate it. I've been looking for it, uh, forward to it for a while, and I'm glad you came on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. So I I guess I'm gonna go ahead and end the show um real quick. Do you have like a professional Instagram that shows your work or anything like that, that you would want to mention before I uh, end the show. Just thought of that. I'm rebuilding that. Okay. So not at the moment. All right. No, I've been focusing fine. on teaching. That's fine. Perfectly fine. So anyway, I guess I'm going to end the show. And like I always say, try to live your life in a way that would make Mr. Rogers proud. Thank you for listening to Musings of an ADD Mind. If you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, please hit the subscribe or follow button.